Hey, welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Peak. You can find me on all of the socials at Packaging Pastor. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, which is where I'm the most active, Adam Peak, P-E-E-K. I'm looking forward to it. We have a new children's book out, Packaging Peaks and the Sticky Situation, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Mascot Books. Listen, I also want to give a shout out here to Specrite. They have been a longtime sponsor of the podcast. Listen, do the letters EPR strike any fear in you at all? If not, if you're a packaging manufacturer or if you're a brand, you should at least start to figure out what your packaging specs are. It's going to be absolutely critical. Go learn more at specrite.com or just hit me up and I'll put you in contact with Laura and Adam and the team over there. Also, Supply Caddy. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. Their headquarters are in Miami, Florida, and they have manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe. Supply Caddy is able to provide high quality, affordable products for restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, you can go to Supply Caddy, S-U-P-P-L-Y-C-A-D-D-Y.com. All of these links will be down in the show notes. Please be sure to check it out and support the guests that we have on this show. Connect up with them, follow them, learn more about this story. And speaking of which, let's get to our next guest. Hey, everyone. I uh, am so excited for this interview. I met up with uh, Sonia at Circularity. Sonia is at Dell, and she said, Adam, you have to connect with Oliver Campbell because um, he is the packaging guy. At Dell, you got to have him on your podcast. And I was like, I trust whatever you say because you are also a Denver Nuggets fan. Um, and there's not many of us out there. So uh, so we have connected now over the internet. I'm joined by Oliver Campbell. He's not just a packaging guy. He is also a director. And we're going to get into this. A distinguished engineer on the technical leadership committee at Dell Computers. He resides in or near Austin, Texas. I'm not exactly in, sure. In, in Austin, Texas, Adam. In Austin, Texas. Perfect. I don't ever know. Like I live in, I live near Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. but I just tell people I'm in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a suburb, you know, like if you're from, people say like, I live in Denver. It's like, no, you're in Aurora. That's not Denver, but it is kind of Denver. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't even want to pretend to know the geography of Austin, but that's not why we're here. Uh, we're going to talk about some packaging and about you, Oliver. So welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. Glad to be here. Uh, first of all, your your polo shirt. You told me that you wore it just for me. And in case you're right. listening and not watching this podcast, tell us what shirt you specifically wore for this podcast. So this is, this is our Dell Packaging Engineering shirt. We had these polos made up a number of years ago, uh, actually when I first came on the team. And the team designed it. It's about, it's a bad packaging pun, thinking inside and outside of the box. Oh. Right? Uh, <clears throat> and the engineers thought it was funny. And uh, <laughs> a little bit of engineering humor there. And uh, the colors um, represent the different colleges uh, that the engineers went to. Uh, green, which dominates it, uh, obviously Michigan State. Sure. Preeminent packaging engineering school, orange, the burnt orange, uh, University of Texas, since we're here in Austin. And and they put a little bit of red here. 
Um, that's for Cornell University. That's my alma mater. So that's that's like the smallest amount. So I love I think, it. I think they were sending me a message. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can dominate you. Uh, I was thinking honestly. I was I thought the orange. I was thought you were going to say Clemson, and then the red was Rutgers. Um, but no, no, you came out. So there are packaging engineers from UT Austin. Yes. Yes. We've had oh, some of them. They, 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 for the most part actually came through, um, mechanical engineering, which, Got it. Uh, no real surprise there. You know, that's a fairly common, uh, pathway into packaging. Yeah. So, um, there's a really terrible phrase in, in amongst the, uh, academia, especially at like Michigan state and at UW stout when I've gone to meet with people there and they said, uh, I'll ask them, Hey, so what got you into studying packaging? And they said, well, the phrase is if you can't hack it, then pack it. Meaning they all started in some other engineering, uh, you know, discipline. They're like, this is too hard. Let's just go work with paper. Um, <laughs> so let's go through your journey here. Cause you, you, you mentioned, uh, you, you went to Cornell and right. now you are now, now you're into packaging. You're the packaging guy. Right. I've never, you're the first Cornell graduate that I've ever had on this <laughs> podcast. As far as I know, first Cornell graduate well, out of this podcast. So. Well, that's, that's good to know. Um, we want to be leaders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You may, you may even be, no, I was going to say you may even be the first Ivy league, but I had, I had, uh, uh, someone on from, uh, from Penn, I believe, uh, which correct That's in the Ivy league, right? I'm not, I'm not Penn. crazy. Penn, Penn is in the Ivy League Oof. and is our our rival in all sports except hockey. Okay. Oh, in Princeton, I had someone on from Princeton as well. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, they were clearly not as smart as you. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so pretty so good schools. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard they're okay. They're not yeah. as good as the Colorado State University, which is the Harvard mm -hmm. of the Rockies, and everybody knows that. Everyone's yeah. just aware of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Oliver, let's let's so walk us through your journey here. I know you've been at Dell for 25 years, but how did you right. go from upstate New York, Cornell, into the packaging guy at one of the foremost companies in, in the world? All right, let me just jump in here real quickly because this is super exciting. Uh, my wife and I and our kids came out with this book, Packaging Peaks in the Sticky Situation. It took us a couple of years to write. We spent a lot of time in illustrating and all that. It's finally out. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at mascotbooks.com. There's a link down in the show notes that you can click. We wrote it because I was trying to describe to my kids you know, what it's like. And there's all these children's books out there about various different industries and about various different jobs. We wanted people in our industry to have a book to be able to relate to their kids with. So go pick it up, please. It would mean so much to support us. Packaging Peaks in the Sticky Situation on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Let's get back into this interview. Well, I'll give you the condensed version. I grew up, you know, you're talking about towns. I grew up in a small town called Dryden, New York. It's about 10 miles outside of Ithaca. Um, one stoplight. I think there are more cows than people in the town. Uh, I worked on dairy farms growing up. Uh, my parents had a blueberry farm. I have picked tons and tons of blueberries. And when you um, say tons, you mean actually probably tons, thousands of pounds of thousands <laughs> and thousands. Um, yeah, we had hundreds. I think we had over 500 blueberry bushes. Jeez. And, uh, my dad, my dad actually uh, was an engineering professor at Cornell. And um, <clears throat> so I went to Cornell. I was actually on the track and field team as a pole vaulter. 
um, and studied uh, agricultural and biological engineering, uh, which actually turned out to be a really good major in mechanical engineering. So I have my BS and, and master's uh, in those disciplines. Uh, after graduation, I went to work for Ford Motor Company in Detroit. And, and, and my girlfriend at the time, who I met in grad school at Cornell, was from Austin. And um, she's now my wife many years later, which uh, is probably <clears throat> the best and luckiest thing that's, that's happened to me. Packaging, I'd say, is number two, but she's number one. And, uh, you know, it came down between, Adam, you know, Austin, Detroit. Austin, Detroit, you know, better weather, better food. Sure. Um, and the high tech. Uh, I really liked working for Ford. It, it, it was a great experience. Um, but from a life journey, Austin was really the place for me to be. And I worked for various uh, high tech companies here, uh, aerospace, uh, semiconductor. And there's really a variety of engineering uh, disciplines. Did a short stint for. Um, Actually, both Ann Richards and George Bush, who would be later president, as would the uh, Texas National Resource Conservation Commission working on automotive emissions. Um, and I think that basically proved I can get along with almost anybody on both <laughs> sides of the aisle, which I, Ann I think was a Democrat, correct? If I that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh -huh, that's right. And, I don't know why um, I know that. Why would I know about Texas governor party affiliations? I don't know, but it just. It's somewhere it, in there, and you you manifested it, it conjured from my brain. Yeah, and and you know one of the interesting things about Ann Richards was uh, my wife's family knew her. So my wife is of Japanese descent, and her son, I think it was her son Dan, uh, took Japanese lessons from my mother-in-law. In oh, school. okay. So you know it's it's really interesting. You know you have these these connections, but um, you know the the tech business in Austin very was very up and down in, in the 80s, 90s. In late 90s, I find myself looking for a job and I find myself at Dell. And I had a, a variety of roles from, from strategy positions, uh, looking at where to site plants, uh, negotiating uh, tax rates. We did a lot of uh, linear programming and business cases uh, to optimize our supply chain. And that, that supply chain work really, I think, figures into my story and journey very prominently uh, about, I'd say about 10 years later. Um, I, some of the facilities that we did the business cases for, I got to run. So talk about eating your own dog food. I got to do that. Um, wonderful experience and, and really being tied to operations. And, and from that, I had the offer to lead the packaging team. And this may not have been a smart decision at the time, but I turned the job down. Mm -hmm. I was like, why would I want to do that? That's really what I thought. You know, we're a technology company, packaging, and, <clears throat> you know, my view of it, uh, I think, was very biased and it was very wrong. It was, it was around packaging is cardboard, <laughs> you know, styrofoam. How hard can that be? Um, and I got, I, I turned the job down and I was fortunate to get offered the job again a year later. And this time I think I was a little smarter and it was like, well, let's really think about this. Um, and the thing that really 
struck me was if we could manipulate the size of the box, we could actually manipulate the supply chain. And that mm. turned out to be true. You know, with smaller, lighter boxes, you know, this is why products now can be shipped directly from China or wherever in a very short period of time. Uh, sustainability was also uh, a thing for me. It was really starting to, to come on. And, and I think I was influenced where I grew up in the Finger Lakes, you know, tremendous natural beauty, um, which naturally I didn't appreciate growing up as a teenager. Um, you know, you really only appreciate, I think, some of these things when you don't have them anymore. Right. Uh, and so the sustainability really struck me as well. And, and also, uh, within a, a tech company like Dell, you look at the, the hierarchies, and I felt, you know, with packaging, the only place to go was up. And that, that appealed to me. It's like, hey, you can really go make your mark on this. Um, and those were really the three things that, that drove me to, to go uh, accept the job. I had zero packaging engineering experience, but I did have pretty good broad engineering experience from my other my other roles right and i was pretty good at asking questions so those those were the things that that got me started in packaging at dell and condensed version of of my journey here that's that's a wonderful journey uh my my favorite part about the whole story mm -hmm. is uh that i resonated with the most actually might surprise you Mm -hmm. is my wife and I just celebrated our 20 year wedding anniversary. And I also, congratulations. thank you that, uh, that, it, that my marrying my wife was the best thing that could have happened to me. Uh, mm -hmm. so I, I was like, yes, cause there, there's, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. We're gonna talk about packaging here, but mm -hmm. very, very rarely do I get an opportunity to, uh, to talk about that aspect of my life and i really appreciated that you you know you just went out of your way no you don't have to say that right uh no. chances are your wife and my wife will not listen to a podcast about packaging i tell my wife please <laughs> whatever you do don't listen to the 200 episodes that i have <laughs> on this podcast um just for your own sanity but that's an awesome story uh mm -hmm. i've got uh, there there's some some interesting questions that i think were in there number one is before the call and I want to get to I want to get to some really cool stuff about what Dell has done in packaging specifically. Mm -hmm. so I think it's cool. But before the call, we talked about how uh, this this distinguished engineer on the technical leadership committee and how that you said it's it's really different that you came from the packaging industry. I don't know anything about this committee, and maybe maybe mm -hmm. other people do. But tell me why that's so unique that somebody from the packaging side of the company would be on this sure. as a distinguished uh, sure. engineer. Sure. Um, we have a, the tell it's a technical leadership community. I think that's what the C stands for community. Um, but they, they take the, the top one to 2% of the engineers in the company. And we have a lot of engineers, uh, and, and they're from, from different disciplines. Um, we have really smart people who are like system architects and they'll tell you how the computer <laughs> should work, how it's working now, what it should work like in the future. And, um, <clears throat> I'm not even sure I understand most of it, but I'm glad we have those people. Um, we have people from the software side. Uh, they're looking at things like AI, machine learning. And this is really important for Dell customers to understand, and it really provides Dell a competitive edge. Uh, and we also have supply chain sustainability, is, which is what I came in 
Um, and much of that was really for the packaging work that we did in sustainability, uh, being able to move out of things like styrofoam, uh, EPE foam where we could, and moving into the fibers such as bamboo and, and then molded paper pulp. Uh, along with that, with those material innovations, uh, our ability to continually reduce the size of the box. Our boxes are probably half the size uh, they were mm. a number of years ago uh, with just as much product protection. Uh, it, was, it was much of the finite element analysis uh, that we developed that I actually brought with me from applying from the automotive industry is <laughs> like, let's do this with packaging. And, and, and it's like, why are we using packaging curves? Right. I, and I get it that, that they have their place, but that, that technology was developed in the 1950s, 1960s. And, right. And our ability to virtually simulate things like drop tests um, has been a real difference maker for us. And it's been a, uh, put us in a leadership position in the industry. So yeah. for those reasons, uh, I was nominated and accepted into the uh, technical leadership community as a distinguished engineer. And so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so, that's <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, I was just going to say, so, so, so now what that means is <clears throat> I have to develop reports on, on what direction, you know, sustainability is going to go or packaging is going to go. And <laughs> so it's, it's necessary. And, you know, it's, it's actually a great, a great uh, segue, I guess, into some of the some of the things that Dell is currently doing. And then I'd love to talk a little bit about the future. Uh, Dell, to me, has always stood out as a company in the in the computer space mm -hmm. that has been I said this before the call that has been on the on the cutting edge of sustainability before it seemed like it was cool to be on the cutting edge of sustainability. Right. And and I think what what opened up my eyes a little bit as we were talking is with your background from you know from automotive mm -hmm. and, and and other you know semiconductors and other and other spaces to apply that that industry knowledge to our to, mm -hmm. to the packaging industry and no, start noticing like hey if we can if we can reduce the overall size and this this is not only good for the planet this is actually really good for our customers it's good for our bottom line it's good for everybody if we can mm -hmm. If we can lightweight this and and have it be as strong or even stronger, if you know if bamboo is stronger and more stronger than EPS or whatever it might be, so to me, I I've always really thought that was a, a cool aspect of Dell, and that's what I was actually telling sure. that to Sonia when I met her at Circularity. So of course, Dell is at Circularity because you've always mm -hmm. you've been there before. It was neat, and so you're you're currently tracking towards some goals, but I know that one of them is is it is it all of your packaging will be yeah it's like renewable or recyclable or something there, sure. there's, there's a stated goal and you're already yeah. almost there right tell me that's, that's not normal for the goal setting situations around sustainability yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right we have a, a 2030 goal and it's a very simple goal of 100 percent of dell packaging will be made from renewable or recyclable and we've just added reusable uh materials. So uh, we're 94.5% of the way there. And, you know, in packaging, it's really dominated, at least for us in, in our corrugates. So those would be the ship boxes. Uh, you know, we're either, I think we're something like 81% recycled content on average with the remainder 
uh, FSC or, or similar mm-hmm. type certified virgin fiber. Then our cushions, for the most part, um, we've made a tremendous switch into the molded fibers uh, dominated by molded paper pulps. Um, that's a low cost champion for, for cushions. Uh, we use uh, bamboo, which is a heritage material for Dell since we led the, the industry with that. And that, that's what really unlocked the, the door for us for the, the fibers. Um, the bamboo, it's, it's you know, we, we were told, you know, fibers, <clears throat> people have tried it, failed. It's not going to go beyond uh, egg cartons. Um, but bamboo really, really showed that, that uh, you could put those egg cartons on steroids. They could... They could protect uh, high-value products, and uh, yeah, it shifted not only our industry but others as well. Yeah, so yeah, you're seeing a lot more, you know, a lot more molded fiber, and mm-hmm. there's been some cool innovations. I'm, there was a company that I was ta- that I had on called Pullpack, and they're doing, you know, they're innovating dry molded fibers, and right. that, it's been a really neat space to watch and mm-hmm. and kind of see the innovations around even. Even you know really high end luxury premium goods where it's mm-hmm. it's printed and decorated and embossed and right. it's there's some cool stuff happening in that in that space for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we you know some of the work with the blends like bamboo bagasse can give you. I think these are the materials you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They look like plastic, um, and but they're not. They're going to be recycled. Um, <clears throat> they're probably one of the best packaging materials out there for that high-end look and yep. we use that on on some of our xps and alienware products so let me just ask you one question and then and i want to get to some of the some of the the future of dell and, and then we'll wrap up right so but i uh, i'm curious so so i think you know recyclable is is something that i think can can be pretty well defined um, renewable resources is something that can be pretty well defined. How do we, how do you define reusable? So reusable, yeah, yeah, because it's. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's all sort of like it can be. My daughters the other day were tossing a can. They they named a can. Uh, they gave the can a name, a can, an empty aluminum can, and they were throwing it back <laughs> and forth and playing a game. And I was like. I guess this is reuse. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So do, do you have parameters around that? It's not like a gotcha question. I'm really curious. No. You're an engineer and you're very detailed and data driven. So I'm wondering what that is for. Yeah, for- it's, 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 it's <clears throat> and we, we do this to some extent in our services packaging. Um, and that is we reuse the same package over and over. Okay. Or same packaging element. So we, we do this in our services packaging corrugate box so we sent out a spare part say like a, a motherboard <clears throat> they send it back we can get probably anywhere five to seven uses out of that out of that corrugate box also on on some of our large storage equipment we have these these very expensive skids that the racks are on yeah. customers can send those back uh, we refurbish them and then reuse them uh, we save Got money it. and it's also uh, <clears throat> And more environmentally friendly, uh, we are looking at, at how do we start to extend that into our other major product lines. Um, I think I think you I think this is one of the trends that you'll see, given the regulatory environment around the world. Um, packaging is getting taxed, and I think mm-hmm. it's just going to end up being more taxed and more taxed. Um, and in that regulatory environment, I think is driving innovation. Uh, it's to, 
<clears throat> driving discussions around supply chain partners uh, and how do we manage a supply chain. It's, it's not necessarily a, a, a design issue so much. I think we understand that. It's about, I think, really more the economics of, of moving the material around. Uh, how do you forecast needs for it? And how do you make it an economical choice? Yep. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, lot, lots of conversation around that. And I'm sure that you are intimately involved in, in those conversations at Dell as we're, mm -hmm. as we're all sort of navigating this new emerging world of of extended producer responsibility and and different di different laws mm -hmm. that are coming out and different governing bodies so as as you're balancing that with your oh, <clears throat> excuse me with your own internal goals of mm -hmm. you know your own 2030 goals and and you know potentially even out further what are some kind of new exciting things that you see impacting packaging out in the future if you look at like your innovation pipeline obviously you know only things that you can share but sure <laughs> I'd be I'd be curious, you know, a, a company like Dell who has so many cool resources, like what are some things that excite you about the future in packaging? Man, I'm I'm very bullish on packaging. Um, I think those of us who are in packaging right now uh, are very very fortunate. There's a lot of innovation. Um, people all around the planet care about packaging, and 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 this is an important point. If I can take a little detour here for a moment. When you look on a planet of 8 billion people, nearly all 8 billion people touch packaging multiple times a day. And that, that kind of lateral influence, if you will, is tremendously powerful. Um, this, is, this is why people are so interested in, in packaging. Um, it's because of that broad, broad reach and people have opinions on it all around the world. And so we can actually be a force for good and that's not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, when we look at packaging regulation around the world, um, <clears throat> from a Dell regulatory perspective, packaging is our number one regulatory issue by volume. As amazing as that sounds, that's true. Um, and, and so what does that mean for innovation and packaging? Uh, I think for, for new materials, uh, it's starting to lean into more of the core and basic research of what's going on in material science programs and engineering departments uh, around the country, around the world, is how do we start bringing those technologies in? Um, not too much more I can say there other than stay sure. tuned. Uh, <laughs> we, have, we have some things we think are gonna work, but, um, but the point is the, the, the notion of traditional materials I think is changing rapidly how simple things like boxes are formed, you know, the box on demand mm -hmm. revolution. I think you'll see more of that. Um, you know, could you even 3D print a box? Right. Maybe, right? You know, I think that technology may get there in time. Yep. Um, you know, you have other areas, you know, from a material standpoint, those are some examples. But then also from an information technology standpoint, information about packaging is becoming as important as packaging itself. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is the regulatory requirements for many companies now have to report how much packaging they send into countries like the UK. And if it's plastic, do you have more than 30% recycled content? If you do, you're paying, I think it's like 225 pounds 
a ton. It's it's a crazy amount. Um, and for big companies, you know, that can be quite quite an expense. Um, you can go on down the list to Spain, to Italy, uh, various tax regimes. Australia is well known for the packaging covenant, which mm-hmm. I think we've won. I think we've won down there four or five times. So it's a big competition. Uh, Singapore has packaging improvement plans. Korea has packaging labeling plans. So how do you coordinate all this information? And really, um, for a company like Dell, we have millions of data points. And so getting people who are data scientists, you know, to help us sort through this, um, I think is 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 another growth area for us. Yeah. And my advice to packaging schools across the country or people interested in in packaging as a career you know it's not all just about the design of the box it's about the information that surrounds it and we look at that information uh, to help us make decisions design decisions what are optimization decisions Um, i think there's a lot there that is is just only now really beginning to be understood Um, yep and and these are these are really just two of the big areas why I'm I'm very very bullish on packaging. I love it. Yeah, one of uh, one there's a, um, a a company that is has really been riding that wave that I've been following now for a while called Specrite, and they've mm-hmm. been the ones who have been just like all in on just information and data, and mm-hmm. it's shocking to me that like when I talk with them and I talk to other brands about how important it's probably the i'm not kidding it's probably the fifth conversation i've had in the last two Mm -hmm. weeks with with brands that's like i have to know now what i didn't need to know a year ago Mm -hmm. how much to a to a the pound right because to your point it's there there's money at stake right now if i don't have good data there's right and and I and I can't overestimate, and I can't underestimate. I, it's like your taxes; like you gotta know. <laughs> and, you 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 gotta know, right? You, yeah. you gotta know because you'll be audited on those numbers. Yep. And audits are are very painful. They take a long time. They take us off our mission. We don't we don't we don't want to do audits, right? No. <laughs> we we want to stay away from that. We want to do fun stuff, um, yep. like the engineering. Uh, developing better solutions. And I should add, you know, even even some of the NGO work we do, you know, Dell's a co-founder um, for Next Wave Ocean Plastics. Um, these oh, yeah. types of consortia uh, are another area where companies, and it originated out of packaging, are, are banding together to tackle really big environmental problems and, and ocean-bound plastic and ocean plastic primarily is a packaging problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we got involved because we thought we could help through our, our tech DNA being around innovation. And we have some pretty good supply chain chops, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and so we were a co-founder of Next Wave and we have companies and these are our competitors. Uh, HP is, is a member. Um, mm-hmm. A very prominent member. We're, we're glad to have them. Uh, you have Trek Bicycles. You have Miller Knoll, Human Scale. Those are two competitors in, in the office furniture space. Um, this little company out of Sweden called IKEA uh, is, is, is a member. Uh, and, we, and we have several others. But um, 
you know, what, what we're seeing there is, is how to go make a significant difference. Um, you know, to date, I think we've, we've diverted something like 20,000 metric tons of plastic from going into the ocean. You know, it's, that's it's, amazing. It's like 2 billion plastic bottles. It's, it's crazy numbers. And I saw, I saw one company reported in, in elephants. They said, we have, we have, <laughs> a, it was like the equivalent of whatever it was a thousand elephants worth of plastic from the ocean. It's like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and these are things where, where packaging really has stepped up to really help solve the problem that the industry has created. And um, I think over time, we'll, we'll resolve it. Um, but you got to take those first, you got to take those first baby steps. Yep. And, and, and we're trying to make it so that things like ocean bound plastic, which, you know, we've used over, I think over half a million pounds last year, and it's gone from packaging into our products into our soft goods. Packaging was the tip of the spear. Uh, and that was a deliberate part of our strategy to prime the pump on the supply chain, if you will. Yeah. And, and when you look across next wave member companies, there's something like over 340 use cases across products. And it was all packaging that started it. Um, we're in something like 19 different countries. And so that, that supply chain is starting to come together. And so that's, that's really heartening to see. And I'm extremely gratified that packaging really enabled it. I love it. That's great, Oliver. There's so much to, to dig into there, but we are up against the uh, the time clock here. So uh, these conversations always go by really quickly. Um, I'm going to I'll make sure to put some some different links in the, okay. in the show notes for people. Uh, it, if somebody wanted to connect up with you, uh, reach out to you, what would be the best way? Is it, uh, you know, LinkedIn is typically how people might reach out. to. Yeah, connect. They, they, they can reach out to me. LinkedIn, there's, there's, <laughs> that, that tends to get overwhelming. They can also go to Dell.com. Okay. Uh, they, they can reach me through, through that, that form as well. Either, either one really works. I'm always happy to talk packaging. Perfect. Well, likewise, I love, I, you know, I have a whole podcast about it. Maybe you should yeah. start, maybe you should start the, uh, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Dell packaging podcast with Oliver Campbell. That would be great. There you, you go. Got another could be director, <laughs> distinguished engineer, and podcast hosts. There uh, you go. I like the it. The packaging guy at Dell. Oliver, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I, I've learned a lot. I took down so many notes and uh, I'm excited to, I, I'm mostly, I'm just so excited that there are big companies with big influence that are focused on big change. And it, it warms my heart. I try to be an evangelist for the packaging industry and telling stories like this. It just helps further my cause and, and hopefully it encourages some people that, you know, we're really, everyone's out there doing our best from big companies, yep. to small companies. So yep. I appreciate your effort and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Adam. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.